This is Agents Influence Podcast. I approach it a different way. It's like if you want a dream client list, then only call companies who are on that would qualify for that dream client list. And then you're going to get that dream client list. It's the only way for you to control who you work with. Now, if you just want to sit there and let people come through the door or find you through the website or a variety of other methods, you have no control over who you're going to work with because it's just going to arrive. But if you want to take control over who you work with, then the only real way to do it is to pick up the phone. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, loyal listeners. Welcome to another episode of Agents Influence Podcast Conversations with Cass right here, Jason Cass. And today I am joined by somebody awesome, somebody special, somebody that you're going to want to hear, somebody who's going to tell you a lot of truth that while you know it's true, you're going to fight it somebody who's an expert in it, somebody who I'm going to agree with and probably about everything that she says. So you want to stay tuned to that. In the meantime, if you have not checked out AI Mastermind, this is the time to do it. This is the time right now. Why is this the time? Because you can't go to conferences. You can't go to conventions. You're not able to network. You're not able to see other agents face to face. And I'm just going to tell you this and be brutal as I always am honest with you. The free Facebook groups, aren't getting it done for you. They're not. Because if everything was free, we wouldn't have anything that's paid. And we know that anytime you want something of value, you got to put skin in the game. Besides love and 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 truthfulness and you know and honesty, those things are free and have the biggest value in the world. But most importantly, you putting skin in the game helps your brain realize that this is something I'm going to take simple or I'm going to take to um, not simple. I'm going to take serious, excuse me. So go to insuranceagencyintelligence.com, go to insuranceagencyintelligence.com in the top, right, click on mastermind. And when you do, not only are we going to give you like what it's all about, but we're also going to give you images of every person that's in there. I guarantee you, you'll probably know about 30 or four of them and say, wow, they used to be in that free group, but I don't ever hear of them anymore. Now, I just gave you the reason why. Check us out at insuranceagencyintelligence.com. Jennifer Hassan, am I oh, right by that? Correct. Boom. It's important when you're calling somebody for the first time that you probably use the right name. I'm right, Jennifer? Correct. All right, Jennifer. Um, my loyal listeners are excited to hear you because we're going to talk all about prospecting. We're going to talk about communication and conversations. And what else would you add to that that we're probably going to talk about for the next 30 minutes or so? Behavior. Discipline. Ooh, behavior and discipline. Ooh, that discipline's needed when you're trying to do that prospecting. I'll tell you that. Even the best prospectors have to uh, rely on that discipline or you're not going to get it done. You know, Jen? Absolutely. Absolutely. Jennifer, sorry, here I am calling you Jen like we just had <laughs> wine together last night or something. So, Jennifer, um, are you ready? Yes, I am. Are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? Android. You're yeah. an Android user? Android. Oh, you're awesome. See? <laughs> see? Loyal listeners. Hello. Do you see the ironic, awesome people use droids, people who prospect, 
Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It, it, maybe they can't see it, but Jennifer, <laughs> you and I obviously see the greatness of being a Droid user. Yes. How long have you been a Droid user? Um, not long. Actually, I held out on getting a cell phone until about a year ago. What? I did. I did. I created a life that I just didn't require a cell phone. And I just, you know, I just figured that's impossible because what I do for a living doesn't involve saving lives and it doesn't involve making sure that kids are where they need to be or elderly parents are cared for. And so I just I was able to do it up until about a year ago. And then I I came. Okay. So hold on just a second, Jennifer. Let me clear this up real quick. Yeah. So when you say you haven't had a cell phone, you've had like a sm- a flip phone or something. You just haven't had a smartphone. No, no. I see. I had. I work from home, and wow. and so and I'm always home. So I just never really needed a cell phone. So I was always. Yeah, and wow. I just and I just put um, it, you know it's cool though. No, I like it. It's different. I'm it's, just wow. You I don't just, run into this. Yeah, I I just didn't. It was boundaries. It was just simple boundaries. Discipline. Yeah, discipline. And I got a lot going on. And, right. And, you know, I couldn't, I had to uh, put up some boundaries around when I was available and when I wasn't. So So was there a time you did and you got rid of it recently? And, 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 no, and, I got it about a year ago. I got it okay. about a year ago. Uh, okay. Yeah. Then we got to put, whew, interesting. Wow. What is the last app you downloaded? Oh God. Um, you know, I, I am always on the quest for really difficult logic puzzles. Wow. Really? Logic. I love, I think that it really helps your brain think in different ways. And so, um, anytime you can take a few minutes here and there and, and, and grab a really hard puzzle, I think it's a good thing for your brain and your decision-making skills, all that sort of good stuff. Wow, the quality oozes out of you already, Jennifer, and we're just into the first question. Sounds fantastic. I can't wait to get to where we're going. Um, and all you guys do know, but besides anything, the the logic puzzles, after you go download that, because that was good stuff, make sure you check out Agency Intelligence Podcasting app. Everything that we do in Agency Intelligence is right there. And so let me, next question, do you love to win or hate to lose? Oh, that is such a good question. I, yeah, I hate to lose. I hate to lose. You hate to lose? Any is in specific reason? Uh, because um, no, it, it's just it's when I, when I think about the just the is what it is, right? Euphoria I get when I win, and I just think of the sadness of when I lose. I think the sadness outweighs. <laughs> The happiness when I win. So, yeah, and I love proving people wrong. I just really love that. That to me has been my greatest life motivator, I guess. Yeah. Wow. That's, and that's a good motivator to have. No? Yeah. 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 Sometimes it'll drive you insane. But the fact is, I guarantee it comes out more good than bad uh, in your life by having that as a motivator, like competitiveness, right? Um, yes. You know, yes. It's yes. it's not ironic that a lot of in the insurance industry, a lot of high um, producing producers, we're talking generating 500, a million, 3 million in revenue a year, very high elite. Almost every one of them that I find was at least 
a college athlete, at least a college athlete. Most of them may have played at a professional level, not on TV or whatever, but it just talks about that discipline, that grit, that grind, that mental preparedness, getting through it, you know, that they have to do. Yeah. And they've seen how, when they put in those hours and the time that it pays off. That's right. And a lot of people who don't have that in their lives kind of sit and wonder, well, if I do all this work, what is really going to happen and may question putting in the work. Good quote. Good point. I like that. I like that. All right. So here's where we, oh, oh, sorry. Loyal listeners are like, Jason, you didn't ask the last question. Sorry about that. Uh, the last question, which is important, let's just say that uh, there's a lot of things that got us to that got you to where you are today. Um, but if we pulled out two of those things and we said one was luck and one was skill, which one would you say has been a bigger factor in getting you to where you are? Uh, Promise. Last question. Yeah, I um, no, not luck, skill, work hard. That's what you'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I don't, I don't, I don't blame you. Uh, so you say skill work hard. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds like somebody who's, I mean, you've, you've, you didn't have much given to you. No, 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 not at all. And usually that's a differentiating factor, right? So a lot of the people who say luck usually say that they came from a family that was nurturing, loving, and I'm not saying we didn't. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. But it came to where they had opportunities that other people didn't, and they usually feel with luck. Those who really have driven hard, came from a hard circumstance to where we are now, those are the ones I find usually say the skill. It's ironic, isn't it? Yeah. And did you know if you, uh, that, um, the, I don't want to say the majority, but a huge percentage of top athletes came from homes that were, um, where they were raised by single mothers and came from really difficult places, yet they achieved insane success. Correct. Um, yeah, I'm not saying I've achieved extreme success. I just think that I'm unique in who I am. I was raised by a single woman. So I yeah. absolutely agree. May is the oldest of my two sisters. So absolutely. Were you? Just curious, Jennifer? No, I wasn't. Just curious. No, just curious. Yeah. Okay. So Jennifer, let's get on with this now. So um, appreciate all those answers. That was good stuff. That was good stuff. Loyal listeners love those answers. I get more feedback about those than any other uh, thing that I do at the podcast. But take us back to high school. Take us back to college and bring us forward to where you are now so we can relate as we dive deeper into things. Oh, okay. So um so I graduated from high school and was given um, some cash and said, go get an education, fly, be free. Uh, we are now not responsible for you anymore. And God bless. <laughs> and so I went to five, I ended up transferring five times, ended up with a degree. It took me five years, but it really was, you're kicked, you're kicked out of it. You're kicked out of the nest figure it out. And so I wound up in, and I was a market researcher for big advertising agencies, but I left because I had an opportunity to paint. And so I was a fine artist for a couple of years, moved to New York, um, and always, um, always, you know, freelance on the side. And one of those freelance gigs turned into a great job that then led to my uh, position as a director of business development for a marketing communication and design firm. And that's where I learned how to cold call. And I made a very terrible cold call. It was horrible. I, I, it was awful. And I said, never again. And I went and I found somebody who taught me how to cold call. And from there, I was there for about 11 years. 
And I attribute my house on the Hudson, the toys that I've owned, the motorcycles, the cars, everything to being able to cold call because that is what grew the agency. That's what, how I, you know, it was just like everything. I can trace everything back to knowing how to cold call. And then fast forward, I, uh, when the agency closed and the agency only retired, um, I decided to start a wood turning business and I have a line of kitchenware that I sell all over the world. And I did that by setting appointments. I was probably the most overqualified appointments that are around, but I built that business because I knew how to cold call and set appointments. And so I tell everybody, if you know how to set appointments, you will be employed for life. Mm-hmm. And that will enable you to pursue your dreams. You want to write a book and need a couple of years off cold call a few hours a day from your home. You know, it, it's, it's a skill <sighs> you'll always be employed and you'll always, be, you'll be able to take bigger risks in your life knowing that if something doesn't work out, you can always pay your bills by setting appointments. So it's fantastic. I mean, Jennifer, I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm serious. I am excited to do this podcast with you. And we're, uh, I know we're in the middle of it. So Jason, we got to get on with it, but it goes back to so much. So when we let's, let's back up a minute though. When we're talking about business, we have finding the client and we have selling the client. There's a lot of other things, right? But let's just, let's from a very, 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 very like high level. Okay. So we have this person and I, and I said this in the green room and I say this to my producers and I say this on this podcast all the time that like, prospecting is everything yeah. you can be the, if you're a good prospector based, uh, um, elaborating on what you're saying, if you're a good prospector, you could kind of be like a decent salesperson, but you'll set so many appointments that you're going to, the numbers are just going to work in your favor. But yet if you don't prospect at all, it's really hard to build an empire. Right. And it, so that tells me that prospecting is key to any business and what's going on. Would you add or do absolutely, that? absolutely? And and so there's this thing of why don't we cold call, right? There's this thing you've all heard it, and you've probably got things to help people. Why don't people like to cold call? So I go back to what I call the foundational rules that our parents taught us: is that their cold calling does everything that we were told not to do as children, and people don't realize that these foundational rules are in us and they influence our lives every single day. And so when I teach people how to cold call and and face that they were told, do not interrupt, do not be a pest, speak until spoken to, um, you know, respect your elders, don't speak to strangers. When you release somebody from those rules, you're actually setting their entire life for free. So my clients, their lives, just the trajectory of their lives completely change. And then I'll speak to them in six months or a year down the road. And they'll say, you know, it was just cold calling, but it changed my life. And so, changed it. And so I think that we come to cold calling with so much baggage, if not from family, but from, uh, you know, the environment that cold calling is so difficult. It's full of re- rejection. It's blah, 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 blah. And none of that is true. And I blame trainers, cold calling trainers for perpetuating those myths, because if you're calling the right people and you're saying the right thing and you sound professional and confident and friendly and a little enthusiastic, you will schedule a lot of appointments. The problem is Mm -hmm. we are calling, most people are calling way too many people and they are um, using very general scripts. So that way they're not 
they're not resonating with anybody. And at that point, yeah, a lot of people are going to feel rejection because they're just not doing it the mm-hmm. right way. They're not being, they're not, they're being a little lazy. I say, you know, every time I will have to, I look at something, I think, Oh, this is going to need another script. I mean, part of me doesn't want to write all those scripts, but it really, I mean, that's the key is, is how did you script sell? Is that, is that one of the main things that you have to do to be successful is have a script? I believe I well. I start off. I tell everyone start off with the script, but then make Correct. it your own because it, you have to sound authentic. And so, when I write scripts with clients, I I write them with the client so that way we're using words that they feel comfortable gotcha. using because you have to be mm-hmm. authentic. And so I can't put words in somebody's mouth that they can't say. But ultimately, I mean, when you make when you make a hundred dials or you have a bunch of conversations, it's memorized anyway. Yeah, that's true. It starts after ten or 15, 20, It starts just. You know, you talked about interrupting and that's something uh, fanatical prospecting with uh, Jeb Blunt. Um, He really, really talked about the um, the the thought, the the thing that we've been told and you mentioned it about interrupting people like we've just been taught like you. That's not something you do. And there's a psychological thing that if I call this person. And so one of the things that I say, Jennifer, is if I have had loyal listeners say to me, Jason, I just don't think that that's right. I don't care if I'm interrupting people. And one of the things I say to them is I say, okay, find somebody in your office um, in your client that you write their auto, but don't write their home. Go pick up the phone and call them, get their insurance for their, for their home. See, even though they know the person, even though the person's already doing business with them, it's even hard for them to call that person and say, hey, uh, we have your auto insurance, but we don't have your home and there's discounts and all this other stuff. So it does really prove that we don't want to interrupt people. I think Jeb Blunt talked, I heard him one time on YouTube or something where he said that if we, if we're making a cake at our house and our best friends are our neighbors next door, like, and we run out of an egg and we only need one, we'll drive all the way to the store to get it rather than just interrupting our neighbor by going next door and knocking on the door and saying, Hey, can I have an egg? You know? And so this, there's just some psychological or some study out there that was showing the things that we will do to avoid interrupting people. And it's pretty, pretty crazy. The pains we will go through to not do that. Anything you add to that? Well, I say, if you're calling somebody at their business to discuss business, it's that they would be re- that they it's in their best interest to take your call because they're at work doing business and and if you are calling the right people and you really have a solution that can help these people you almost have like this obligation a- obligation or yes absolutely to call and say i can help you solve this problem that i believe to the best of my ability you struggle with and and i know when i call people thank me for calling them i my calls are not viewed as interruptions they're appreciated because a lot of times they're like oh my i had no idea thank you thank you yes i would love to meet with you i'd love to meet with whoever so um like i said it all goes back to being really careful about who you're calling and what you're saying and um resisting the urge to call thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And a targeted prospecting list is huge, right? So in our, and so, so we're looking at revenue per client. I don't know how other industries do. Okay. One of the things we look at here at agency intelligence is, is what's the revenue per client. And it's funny that so many people will say, well, how do you write a client that brings in 2,500 or 5,000 or 10,000 or 20,000 in revenue? And then you'll look and they'll be like, I just can't do it. And you'll look at their, their prospecting list that they're using. And every one of the clients is 500 in revenue or below. And it's like, <laughs> 
You're never going to, you know what I mean? So they say to me, how do you do it? Put people on there that qualify as your targeted prospect within what you're wanting and hit those and you're going to hit it every time. Where would you add to that, Jen? See, yes, I I tell people, I I approach it a different way. It's like, if you want a dream client list, then only call companies who are on that would qualify for that dream client list. And then you're going to get that dream client list. It's the only way for you to control who you work with. Now, if you just want to sit there and let people come through the door, or find you through the website or, or a variety of other methods, you have no control over who you're going to work with because it's just going to arrive. But if you want to take control over who you work with, then the only real way to do it is to pick up the phone. We're talking reactive and proactive. Do you want the door to come in and you just take whatever comes in? Uh, Jennifer, whenever I first started my agency for the first five years, I was in the basement of my home. Um, And then in 2015, I started in 2010. In 2015, I moved out and got my first office. And what people I've said to people before is my clientele was less service heavy when I was in my basement than when I got out. And my reasoning being is once I got out and people saw my sign, now I started getting people that weren't necessarily a fit for who our brand was and who we were and who we were looking for as our targeted audience. But yeah, before when I was in the basement of my home, no one knew I was there. So the only people that would find me are the ones that I actively, proactively reached out to. And so I think that that the, the, the lesson to be learned there is we can get better business by being proactive in our prospect than rather being reactive. You can still make a living both ways, but as you said, you get to dictate who it is you're doing business with by being proactive, right? Absolutely. And I I tell people that we we may only be, you know, we may be uh, setting appointments with a certain group of people and you may take those other people that come through a different, um, a, a different door but you just don't spend your time and money pursuing those people. (laughs) Human beings are expensive, making these calls, you know, time consuming and expensive. So only pursue the very, 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 very best. That's right. That's right. You know, one of the things I wanted to hop back, I forgot, I put it here in my notes. When you said that um, you made that bad call, right? Yeah. Um, You don't mind. I'd love to know about what that bad call is and you don't have to tell it, but you don't have to tell it. But what I was curious about is after what you said, you said that you decided it was so bad. You didn't want it to happen again. So you went and learned about this. And I'm interested in knowing who your teachers are. Who are the people that you learned from? Oh, um, you know, I, I, I went to Wendy Weiss and she basically taught me, um, what was great about how I did it was that I came to cold calling with no preconceived notions of anything. It was just, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. So I had no hangups and ended up getting really good, really fast just because I was a beginner and, gotcha. and, right. and I didn't bring any, I had one bad experience right. and then stopped it. But really um, that's really, you know, I work with a lot of trainers um, in, in, you know, helping them with their programs, but that would really be the only one. I mean, because I, I don't know of many people out there that really help and teach people on prospecting. I mean, I mean, really, there's people who write books about it and stuff. But like, I mean, oh. it's hard to find a consultant that helps you with cold calling, let alone but prospecting, there, there are, you know? There are, there are a lot of cold calling trainers out there, um, actually. Okay, okay, okay. Believe it or not. Um, I think that they do a disservice because 
they sell their services based on, oh, you know, it's so full of rejection. It's so hard, but I have the secret. And I tell my clients, I don't sell secrets. Like I, there is no secret really. Um, but then what they'll do is they'll fill their clients uh, or their, their, their students with, with scripts and teaching people how to overcome objections, but they don't ever what I found start with mindset and see what the garbage is that's circling around in your head around it, because you can give somebody great scripts and over, you can teach them how to overcome objection, objections and software and all these sort of things to set them up for success. But if you don't deal with what's going on in their head, they will never be successful. And what's going on in their head. What's going on in somebody's head. Who's not successful versus somebody who is a successful cold caller. What's going on in their head. Um, it, it, it's, it's the, I don't want to interrupt. I am calling people that are okay. older than I am and I don't know how, and I'm clearly not the expert. They're my dad's age. I, you know, how do I do this? Or I really am more comfortable networking and stuff. So what I, gotcha. when I work with clients, I, I start with the mindset, like when, with like, what, what do you think about cold calling and sales and what are you bringing this to? And it just brings up so many issues that once those are dealt with, then they can actually put all the pieces together and, and do this themselves and feel good about it. Right. You know what I like about cold calling, Jennifer? It's immediate, right? Like if I go network and stuff, I got to like give them my card and do the whole dance and call them and take them to lunch. And now I get on the phone. I'm like, Hey, you know, I got my little script because I write commercial business. I write nonprofits. Here's my little thing that I do, blah, blah, blah. You know, ask them some questions, get it out of them, set the appointment for it. And then I, and then I go after it. I tell people all the time, you can do online leads, you can do whatever, but you give me a, call, a, a list, I'll call right now. And within 30 minutes, I'm going to have me appointment, two, three appointments in the next couple of weeks. There's not much else you can do that does yeah, that. If you like control <laughs> to me, it puts me in control because I determine who I'm calling when I'm calling. And even yes. when it's somebody will say, Oh, you know what? Now's not a great time, but I'll call you back in a month. I always say, no, 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 no. I'm the one that called you. I will call you back in a month. You've got enough on your plate. I will take care of this. Let's just schedule a time and um, I will call you back. I always want to be in the, in control because everything else is it's passive. You're just waiting for somebody to do something. And I really don't want to wait for somebody to do something. No, I got things to do, right? I mean, we got things to do. We're trying to, you know, like you said, you want to take a year or two off, just do some cold calling. It's, it is amazing. It really, truly is. And, and it's so amazing how many products, um, this hasn't been recent, but I was reading something months ago about how much sales is generated from direct consumer or business, business to business, um, sales through calling telemarketing is what they were calling it at the time. And still more than half of the revenue generated in these service product industries are based on someone re- from the business, reaching out to somebody who may have an interest, maybe targeted all the stuff we just talked about, but that's how they're still saying, this is the way to drive, um, yeah. our best business. And, 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 and insurance is different, right? Some of the, Jennifer, I believe that I believe that not every agency should be successful off generating new revenue by having new clients. I think they should have less clients and you know, I think they should be they should be a mile deep and an inch wide. 
I think sometimes with us, we try to be a mile wide and an inch deep when we're trying to develop relationships. And so I think that there's some that are like, hey, we're driven off online leads and cold calls. And then there's some who say, Online leads and cold calls aren't our big deal. We try to focus on the clients we have and build it off referrals that come in, proactive sure. and reactive referrals. But I, but now let me ask you this. Do you help people just not in cold calling for prospecting, but do you have help people just overall and how they carry themselves on the phone and do customer service you work? Know, I such? work a lot uh, with my clients on delivery um, and how they sound on the phone because okay. I think, I think 80% of, cold calling is your delivery is your tone of voice is it's less in than what you say. I mean, I worked for an agency, just a little side. I worked for an agency that set appointments for banks and we had no value proposition. We were given no information. It was just senior vice president of this bank would love to meet with you. And the, the, we did, I did really well, even though I knew this was terrible, um, you know, and this, this, and I wouldn't accept this appointment, but it was all in the voice. And so I do spend a lot of time with that, but it is prospecting, cold calling to set appointments, to set introductory appointments. That's pretty much, a, you know, what I do. And we can work with, you know, what happens at the meeting and things like that. But I'm a passionate advocate for cold calling and that's my sweet spot. So they say that 85% of communication is nonverbal and that is something we lose, right? I think that that's some people that feel as if they have um, weaknesses in some of the areas we've been discussing with cold calling that makes them feel as if they have an advantage if they do it face-to-face, -face, right? Like if the pe person gets to see me, I, it helps me sell myself. I don't have the most sexy voice. I'm not maybe the most exciting, something like that. And that's why they feel that way. How do you help people overcome that 85% challenge or lack thereof. I mean, you know, the old thing they used to say, make sure you smile because everybody can see you smiling, even if they're just, and I can't see you. Right. Right. Do you have any of those things that you help people to try to get past that, to create more of a communication channel? So when I tell people you have every right to call these people and they are going to be so happy to hear from you because you're helping them solve a problem that they don't have a solution for. And right. you, you're calling with integrity, with authenticity and a, a really a willingness to help, not a willingness, not that you want to sell something, but a true willingness to help. And that is going to set you apart from pretty much everyone else out there. And once they ex experience success and they truly believe in what they're calling about, then they have this, this inner confidence that, wow. that you can hear in the phone. And then it just kind of, uh, you know, grows, grows as it will. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Bye. It's interesting. I think you're, you're helping me build my um, pro profile, you know, because I mean, I am very confident in what I'm selling. I feel that I am a work comp specialist. I know 
that I've already taken 580 some names, filtered them to if they have 100 employees or more or 10 million in revenue or more, filtered them to who has a high um, work comp uh, modification factor, which tells me they're having claims. And I'll take 580 some people and turn them into 13 prospects. And those 13 prospects are right in my game. So I know that I'm calling somebody who literally needs help. You know, I'm, I'm looking at their insurance and this isn't just it's bad this year. Like I can look at the history and realize, wow, they've had this problem for six years. So obviously the agent that's there, not saying they're a bad agent or not. I'm just saying they obviously don't have the expertise to fix this. So when I call, it's almost like a not an urgency but it's almost an urgency like, hey, I'm not calling you because I'm calling the next guy. You're purposely on my list because you have a work comp issue and I know about it. And I would love to try and be able to be the person to help you with it. That's a totally different entry of, hey, we can help you with work comp insurance. Can I give you a quote? Right. And, 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 just, and they can tell that you just got off the phone calling somebody else. Exactly. I really like, only oh, have 13 people to call. You know what right, I mean? And, and who, who, who wouldn't take that appointment and say, yes, please come to my office. Yes. I mean, it's ridiculous. Doesn't mean they it's, have to give me their business, but they're going to at least hear me out. They absolutely. are, they know they have a work comp issue, right? Absolutely. You know, yeah. absolutely. And a lot of people are, you know, I tell people the people who are the most confident win the day. It's not the smartest. It's not the, you know, the, the expert. It's the people that show up every single day and are the most confident. And it's, and so when you're calling with that energy and it's authentic, people are going to resonate with it and they're going to invite you in and they're going to be so grateful that you called. And when I tell people that, you know, my clients, I'm like, you don't understand the value that you're providing. We need to sit and talk about how, and I work with a lot of commercial insurance producers, you are helping businesses stay alive. You're man, you're helping them manage their risk there. You're helping them get rid of some of the, I mean, you, you have no idea how important you are. And let's sit and talk about that. So that way you realize that you're just not peddling a policy. So I guess we would call it positioning. You sure. mentioned this before we were recording. You mentioned the behaviors of the people who um, are being called, but also the person who's doing the calling. Yeah. And, I'm, and, and we've chiseled away at that now. And I can see, I, I see where you're coming from. It's about as that stuff in your head is making them understand that like you have a great product. Here's the problems they're going to have. And here's the solutions you give. And I think one of the ways to best put this is, is maybe there's somebody listening right now that's like, well, we don't have a good product. We really don't have great services. That might mean that you need a different job to cold call it. You know what I mean? Um, if you're having to pull these things up, it's going to be hard for you to find your passion and enthusiasm to really drive that home that you're there for their best interest. Yes. I, and, and a lot of people will argue with this, but I do believe that you have to believe in what you're calling about, whether it's a service or product in order to be a really good prospector. I agree. Because if you, people, people can tell if you're being genuine, there's something that happens over the phone that people can tell if you're being honest with them mm -hmm. right now, authenticity and honesty wins the day. Right. You know, it's a communication channel that I'm sitting here thinking about, Jennifer, that makes us unfamiliar with social media, right? Like face to face communication is what we've done since the tribal days. Um, sitting around telling stories is what makes stories intriguing. And then when you think about um, when you think about the telephone, 
I mean, the telephone, yes, it's been around since like 1880, but not until it was in a lot of people, everybody's houses, if I'm correct, probably like the 50s, 60s, somewhere in there. But it's been a long enough time for us to start to be able to decipher those nonverbal actions over that line of communication, as opposed to sometimes hence the reason for emojis, it's very, very tough in other social media channels and especially even in in email to be able to get those same type of nonverbal cues that you can through the telephone because I maybe because we've been using it so much so long. I don't know. I'm just now thinking about that. Any thoughts on that? Sure. Uh, Yeah. And I think that 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 can trip people up a lot, but once they understand that it's okay that you may not know where that phone call is going because you don't have all of those cues or mm-hmm. that the unknown is not so scary and right. to just, and to just move forward with it, with your own confidence. And, uh, and I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Right. No, it's not. So we got a targeted prospect list. So we're making sure the person that we're talking to is the person that probably has the problem and needs the solution. Okay. We need to realize that we have a great product. We need to realize that we have a great service. We need to get over the fact that they're going to be interrupted. They're actually going to be happy to hear from you once they finally know. Right. Now, now, what else are we missing there? How do we how do we get them to know? How do we get them to give us time? If 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 they're not giving us time, is that not the right prospect? Um, well, no, it could be it could be just bad timing. And um, but I so I think that the the key to that appointment is to not make it necessarily about I'm going to ask you to make a business decision. It's more I just want to introduce myself and my my company and what we do. So that way. And, and I'll tell people, it's like, I don't care that you're already working with somebody else. I just want to introduce myself because you never know what's going to happen. And you Good may point. need a backup or something may happen where it's not really a backup. You need a full on provider. And wouldn't it be nice to know me and know what we do so that way you're not scrambling in a moment in time when you probably shouldn't be scrambling. So think about it. Due diligence. And, well said. You, and no one is going to argue with that because it's, and this is where I say, you know, it's in their professional, they would be remiss in their professional responsibility to not take our calls because it's all about having plan B's in place. And I don't mind, I don't mind waiting six months to a year. Um, you know, when I was selling websites, it was often three, it was a three year sales cycle. I didn't mind that because in that time I could become their best friends and get to know them better. And so that way, when their budget got approved, I was the first person they called. Well, it's all about having the B's in place, a plan B's. It's all about having the plan B's in place. I love that, Jennifer. That was great. That was great. That was really, really good. Um, And it is, I've never even looked at it that way. I really haven't. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, I can get better, right? No, I know we yeah, can always no, get no. better. The, the thing is, is that when you, when you, when somebody feels as if that they're going to have to make a business decision, then all of a sudden you're giving them a project where they have to now evaluate you against who their current provider is, and then they probably have to throw in three or four other people in order to really do a true assessment. And like, I don't want them. Like, that's a lot to ask of somebody. But I just want to come in and meet with you, introduce myself, so that you have a you know. A, a, a face to a name. And, and I'm not going to ask you to switch providers. I'm not going to ask you to find a project for me. I, I don't care that it's not in the budget right now. If I believe you're a good fit, I'm going to want to introduce myself 
to you. So my approach isn't something that's going to get you out of bankruptcy <laughs> because I invest time in these people. Um, gotcha. So, gotcha. you know, it's, it's not a, it's not going to be a quick turnaround in some cases, but that's how I'll go about doing it. And if you loyal listeners remember about three years ago, we had a gentleman on, he's in the mastermind. His name is Skip Wiseman. He used to be the CEO of a couple minor league baseball teams. Uh, very, uh, got a championship um, delivery in the way that he helps building championship teams. I love Skip. He was at the 2017 uh, Grow, um, what used to be, it used to be Grow Lab, but now it's BrainShare in North Carolina. Um, and that is actually how Jennifer uh, found out about us. And that's just what we do to communicate. And Jennifer, how did you find Skip? Are, are you, are, do you live next to him? Were you guys in, how would you guys meet? We were, uh, we're in, we're, we kind of circle, we were, we had several people in common. And then I ended up at a networking event and there he was. And gotcha. um, I ended up uh, setting appointments for him for a little bit. He, he had this special project that, um, you know, 50 people that he wanted to reach out to. And so um, I called them and set up appointments with them for him. And then we just became passionate advocates for what each other does. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he said. He told me, he said, you're pretty electric. He's like, Jason, you need to talk to this lady. I was like, okay. So I'm glad we did. This has been fantastic. As we wrap this up here, is there anything that you'd like to close with? Yes. Anything you'd like to say? I want to encourage all everybody that if you're making calls that you need to accept calls that come into you because part of this is karma and you never know if you want people to accept your calls, then I think that you should accept other people's calls. Wow. I like that. Makes sense. Yeah. We get everybody to think that way. Then everybody just be answering everybody's calls. Well, I do have a plan for that. I, I want, if we have time. Go on. What's it? What is it? Yeah. yeah. I, so, so I think, Think that there's a lot of bad behavior on um, the, our prospects, and where they just hide themselves behind their gatekeepers. And I think that that needs to change. And what I would love to see everybody do is set aside a morning, one morning a month, come in an hour early, and um, you know when your executive assistant gets these calls, just have them schedule 10 minutes with everybody that calls you and just say, you know, you can have this person's undivided attention at 7.30 on Wednesday for 10 minutes. Do you want it? And everyone is going to schedule those appointments. So that way the executive assistant actually becomes the hero of the day because he or she is scheduling these little 10 minute calls. And then the executive comes in and it takes 10 minutes and will very quickly be able to decide whether or not this is a good fit, this is not a good fit. And it will, number one, it will get you off people's lists. And it will also introduce you to people that you need to speak with, because I think that the way we go about it could, it's, it's broken. It's a little bit right. broken. And I really want to encourage people, uh, the prospect, you know, the people who are getting all these phone calls to stop hiding and start accepting these phone calls. Um, because mm -hmm. they'd be surprised at how many people are trying to help them and that they're not even realizing it. And um, makes sense. It yeah. really, really, truly does. It really does. So you're kind of on a mission. I am. I'm, I really am on a mission to improve how we go about doing this, because I think that we need to, for those of us that call, we've got some bad behavior, but I also think there's some bad behavior on the peop, on the end, the prospects end. And um, we just, we're better than this. Well, you know what? Um, so I have two different types of people that bug me all the time. And I say bug, I shouldn't say that. 
they had that they really really hit me up a lot as insurance agents right obviously they they listen to this podcast and they want to ask me questions and a lot of them are respectful they understand that i do get two to three emails a day um, or facebook messages whatever it can be and the the thing that that i want them so i've created a calendly link to where if you are an agent or something like that i'll give you the 20 minutes um, but I do not give any of these vendors and these people that are trying to show me their product. And a lot of them are coming in for the wrong reason. They want me to just talk about it here, which is fine. If it's great, I want agents to know. But you gave me a good thing. Maybe I should open up a 7.30 to 8, um, one of the mornings um, for 10 minutes to tell the people, here's my Cali link, set a 10-minute meeting, um, and we'll discuss because, you know, to try and help your mission, but to, that does make sense. I mean, I will admit there's a lot of times I get off the phone with people and I may think to myself like, well, I probably wanted to talk to them, but I just didn't. So I just, I just moved on. Maybe having a different positioning yeah. in my brain might lead to something. You know, and also that I know that I call once a week for four weeks and I'm always following. And if I can't get somebody, I'm leaving a voicemail and I'm sending an email. And I just think that there's all that activity that could just stop. If the first time I called, somebody said, yep, he's available from 7.30 to 7.40 on this particular Thursday, I would then be delighted and I would go away up until that Thursday. And every owner, if they did that, they probably have salespeople that would be beneficial if everybody did that. So that makes yeah, that makes a lot of exactly. sense. I love that. And this is really, especially if you have salespeople who are cold calling, if you want people to take their calls, then you have got to accept other calls and just figure out a way to make it really streamline. And I think that you would be surprised at the number that, that you're, the calls that you get would go down. I bet you it would. I bet you it would because that sounds weird as can be, but I bet you it would. It that really, makes sense. It really would. And it's all about, and look at this as we're building relationships with people. This is, this is all about relationships. This and couple um, tips real quick as we wrap this up. Couple tips. Do you leave a voicemail or do you not leave a voicemail? I always leave a voicemail because I think that if you've got a great delivery, your voicemails work really hard for you. And I, I was given a, this is back in the day, but a, $300,000 website project that then turned into an entire rebranding just because I left nice voicemail messages. I will tell you this guy, he says, I'd rather not get them on the phone. He's a really good prospector. He says, I'd rather not get them on the phone because they'll listen to my 15 to 30 seconds. And that's all I need to hook them to get them in. They may not listen to it all if they're just sitting there and they've been interrupted because they're on in the middle of an email somewhere else. And it's like, oh. ah. but if they've, if they've taken time to listen to their voicemails, they're preparing to hear a message, you right. know? Right. So I thought that was, that was and pretty I good. Always I always send an email and I believe that, and I reference the email in my voicemails because I think email is the easiest way to get back to somebody rather than, you know, you know if I, it's always easier to hit reply than it is to take, take down a number and dial it. So I always, I think of the email as this is the easiest way for my prospect to get back in touch with me. Do you use video in any of that? Do you recommend that someone would record a video and say, hey, this is me, Jason. I gave left you a voicemail. Here's an email. Contact information's in here. Just wanted to put a voice with the face. Uh, do, you do, do you recommend doing stuff like mm, that? I, you know, I, I don't, but I think that it could be really compelling. Yeah, I think it is very compelling. It's, I try to keep it to 15 seconds. I just do it yeah. on YouTube and I, use it, I list them as unlisted videos. 
and it's just, hey, da 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 da. Um, actually, I use Loom now in the last week. I used to hate Loom. I used to think it was very generic, but it is the most dynamic video process. If you just want to put something in your browser, hit record, and it has a link and downloads and high quality. And so I'm going to start using that one. But I I do do that. Um, I, I hunt whales. I go after try to go after accounts that are around fifteen to twenty thousand in revenue sure. or more. So usually I'm very targeted. Some of the stuff you were talking about, I usually am dealing with an HR director who that's their job is to hear me out or find that. Um, I will say this. I found this out from doing 18 years of prospecting everybody to to two years of finally doing the, the whales. The the smaller ones, you usually are dealing with the owner right off the bat. Um, and that's great for closing. But the problem with it is, is it's hard to get the owner to actually sit down and give you the time. As opposed with the HR, with the bigger clients, the HR will give you the time, but then you got to get the owner in the room when it comes time to actually sell yeah. the thing. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's got, it got their pluses and their minuses that you kind of have to kind of have to deal with. And so, so anyways, Jennifer, this has been fantastic. Um, leaders are readers and readers are leaders. And I know you're a leader. So you definitely got to be a reader. What are you le- reading right now? Um, oh God, nothing right now. I'm actually, I'm actually nothing. working on a book. I have, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be on Amazon in a little bit. It's uh, affirmation for cold callers. Because Ooh. I work, I do, a, I'm a little woo woo and um, I give my clients affirmations to work on. And um, so there were about 50 that I tend to give every time. And so I put it together a little flip book of um, it's called, you got this, I promise, because that's what I tell my clients. I'm like, you got this, you got this, you can do this. I promise. And uh, yeah. so it's 50 affirmations it should be on Amazon in a little bit. So Jennifer, I've got, um, I've got some big time people coming up in our mastermind in September, October and November, probably around January. I'd like to do something with you inside of to the mastermind members, just some, you know, just some trip tricks and tips and about how to create scripts or cold calling yeah. or whatever. Um, because I think the mastermind members would just eat this up and they definitely want more. So um, commercial yeah. is important. Now, a lot of us independent insurance agents were commercial driven. 86% of the insurance industry that is business insurance is written by an independent insurance agent. But usually those are the bigger firms. So the smaller firms, and when I say smaller, I'm going to talk, let's say 10 or 15 yeah. people or less. Okay. Just keeping it really broad and simple. Um, and those, those type of agencies, um, are usually personally personal lines dominant, right? And the thing that we're running into as an industry is that to be successful, I think you could probably do personal lines in five, 10, 15 years and be successful, but we don't know, right? With the, with the way cars are changing and the, everything's changing, you don't necessarily know. So one of the things out there is to get the awareness to personal line agents to start to develop um, a pers- a commercial niche or some some type of something in commercial lines. And I think asking is the main problem. I, I don't think that most people know how to ask. It's easy to say, hey, can I help you with your auto or a home? I think they I think they expect people to expect that from them. But I don't think they realize that like business people are consumers too and they need help with their insurance. And it's, it's not much different, but it is. And, and I think a lot of it is junk that's in their head. And I think someone like you would be really good at positioning. And I think it would help the independent insurance industry grow in commercial lines, which is something that we need to do to stay viable in the future. 
absolutely. So. When you get when you get the mindset, when you fix it, um, I mean, and really everything does come down to mindset. It's the core, what you believe, what you believe to be true. And I time and time again, I look at my clients and they're, they learned how to hold call, but they found their value. They found their voice. They, they found something inside of them that wasn't, that they didn't realize was there and their life trajectory completely changed. And it was amazing. There's a lady by the name of uh, Kelly Donahue Piro, and she's with Agency Performance Partners. Um, she is dynamic at what she does. She reminds me so much of you. You're more in my brain, more of the front end, really going after the business. She's really good at scripts and, and yes, cold calling, but also that servicing aspect of how do we deal with the client? How, why do they call in for how to be proactive and going after them and getting their uh, re referrals um, to me? And I think she does too. I call it proactive referrals and, re and reactive referrals. Yeah. There's two different types, but how to sound on the phone. And I think this is so important, um, what, what Kelly does and what you do, because we've got a society that grew up with their mom and dad hanging up um, on anybody yes. that called, right? We've grown up in that society, but yet as you're stating, and I know Kelly talks about a lot, and Kelly has a beautiful reputation in the industry with the small and large agencies. When you, when you listen to what you're saying, you're making it to say, hey, whether you like it or not. The, the phone is a, is a big time communication channel that has been proven to be successful right. and still is. You just got to yeah. get the junk yeah. out of what your head. What is preventing you from, from picking up the phone? And I had a, somebody said to me right before he started to make his calls, he said, promise me nobody's going to die. And I said, is that the level of fear you have? And he goes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I said, I, I, it was so real, right? real. It was absolutely real. He was terrified. And I said, listen, if this call goes south, you hang up. Just hang up. That you are in total control of this call. You hang up if it, because you're you're 3000 miles away from the person you're calling. You are physically not in any danger yet. This chicken part of your brain um, that goes back to when there are dinosaurs <laughs> just is telling you to be afraid of this and is making you physically so uncomfortable that you have to get up and leave your desk. You've got to train that part of your brain that this is not scary and it's going to be fine. And a lot of people have that that kind of need to be told that yes, there is this part of our brain that's that is fight or flight, and it has it's not intelligent. And when you approach mm -hmm. something new, it can make you feel terrified. Really can. It's just part of who it is, and harnessing some of that and understanding who who that is. No, you're right. Um, I talk myself through it all the time, even if doing as much cold calling as I don't do it hardly as much as I used to. I mean, I was on the phone. So yes, no, I was taught from the very beginning by one of my mentors, um, Jennifer, to 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 make three calls a day. That was it. And people would be like, three calls a day. What's that going to do? Well, that gives you that that's going to give you 15 calls a week. Right. Which is, which is going to give you, uh, my math is bad now. That's going to give you, uh, what is it? 60 calls a month. Well, that's way more than what I was doing. And it only took me to do that a month or two that I realized that I got like five or six appointments. And then the thing was, okay, what if you made six calls a day, doubled your calls? Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. after a while it was okay. And I will admit, I never got more than like 15 calls a day in the insurance industry. And I'm not, I'm just saying it to be, you probably see this, Jennifer, 
I'm really good at it. So the way that my tone is and everything with my delivery and I'm excited and I know what I have in a prospected list, I, 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 if I called three people a day every day, I'd have more business than I know what to do with. And I'm the owner. I can't be like the cold call specialist in the office, you know? Now, what I can do is train somebody right. and I've... and. I got to admit, I've never, I've talked in more tactics. I never came through like you have as to where you're talking about it being about, uh, uh, it's more about the junk in their head and the chicken part of their brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I believe that showing up consistently, if you make a call every single day, that consistency is going to get you farther than setting up a big goal that you're going to call 50 people on a Friday or 50 people. Just show up, just show up every single day and make calls as, as many as you can. And that will get you farther than anything. Fantastic. Hey, I really appreciate you taking your time, Jennifer. People want to reach out to you. Where could they reach out to you at? Through LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn is the best place. Okay. the best place for right. me right now. Fantastic. Hey, everybody, loyal listeners, thank you for being and doing who you are because I do what I do for you. Be sure to tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Agents Influence Podcast. I'm Cass. She's Hassan and we are out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial but you've got time to search it and look at it that's what we do we deliver high quality ve's we mix the technology with it we train them on the technology give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races i'm not joking with you you can call my agency at any time ask for lordland and we do ask her say how fast are you able to do quotes i've actually got a couple videos of it that's right we can do five to ten carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes so you give me an auto quote i can do five to ten carriers in three to seven minutes how are we doing it we're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence give us a call check us out you can ask for me personally i'll do the demo for you who are they cast certified